Hello and welcome to Joyful Homemaking. I am so excited. We are on week seven of eight of a series that we're going through about the pillars of our household and which is so fitting because this is joyful homemaking. We are connecting everything that we do back to the home, back to our responsibilities and back ultimately to God. So as Ashley and I talk today, we are so excited to talk to you about the social aspect of our lives. And what we are going to kind of hone in on is specifically how that looks and plays out in our friends and family and how that looks and plays out in ministry. Um, but as Ashley and I were chit-chatting before this, we just feel like in all of these um, pillars of our household, they all kind of overlap and go together. And we said that way back in week one, where we talked about how you, if you envision a wheel and the spokes of the wheel coming out of like the hub, which is God, the spokes of the wheel, the eight spokes that we've been talking about, our goal is that they all work together to make that wheel productive and purposeful in our homes. And if one of those spokes is like cut short, then you have a flat tire. So today we're excited to kind of, we um, are going to start with the family and friends aspect. And for those that have lots of family in their lives, we probably will try to um, hone in on just family for a little bit and friends. So Ashley, how does your family incorporate family, whether that's extended or you guys only into your lives and, or into your schedule, I should say. And what is most important to you guys when you think about this? So I, obviously we talk about this a lot, but like our (laughs) own family are, you know, your husband and your kids and yourself, that's going to be, that's the main focus. Those are the people right next to you that God has given you to serve and to love and honestly to spend the majority of your time with. Um, Mm -hmm. Our, so our sort of extended family, which actually, (laughs) this is really funny. I, yeah, I think I was telling you that my Auntie Joe, yeah, my sweet Auntie Joe listens to our podcast. So shout Hi, out to Auntie, Auntie Joe. Jo. And it really <laughs> dawned on me last week after we had talked about what we talked about that. Oh, my sweet Auntie Joe listens to our podcast, but it's fine. She understands. Anyhow, um, but so my sort of extended family, Lane's extended family, they do live in the same state as us, unlike you guys now. Yeah. Um, there are about, I mean, so it sounds kind of silly because we're really just across a, across a big city from my family, but it, it just takes about an hour to get to any of them. Um, and that can, and that depends on traffic too. It can be more than an hour sometimes. And so we don't see them as much as we'd like to. And I will be honest, um, the whole, the COVID thing messed a lot of that up too, because mm. it was a lot of regular get togethers and then COVID happened and then, um, it has, they have not been as regular, but there used to be a lot of regular ones. We did in our home, our two previous homes, we did like to host, you know, if people were not hosting um, holidays, we would host and we continue to do that here in our new house. We actually still have not had all of my family over to our new house because you know, my cousins are growing up and starting their own families and, you know, they have their husband's families that they're going to and that sort of thing. And so we, it's just sort of like, okay, who, 
who can come to Thanksgiving or who can come to Easter or like what family isn't going somewhere or doesn't have plans for Christmas and then they can come over or they might have us over or something. So I would say we do, you know, it's a lot of major holidays. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just sort of, and then communication here and there, you know, there's like a group family text where most recent, more recently we were kind of sharing, there was some prayer requests going out and, uh, and that sort of thing. My cousin and I, she has boys that are around my oldest, the, the age of my oldest son and and she and I will message why I don't know so we we definitely are in communication with all of our family but it doesn't look like physically seeing them nearly yeah. as much as we would like to um I am thankful that um we do you know we we do get to get together with them and fellowship with them yeah. fairly regularly so um yeah that's just that's... kind of what family looks like and I think you know as as I look forward to like sort of our vision just to continue to host sort of the big things we really would love to host more in the summer because our property is better for a big family group than our yeah. than inside our house so that's lovely yeah, yeah your that's... property is so lovely and can really accommodate a lot of people which is so yes. fun yeah, yeah which yeah it is really fun especially yeah having just groups of people over that are happy to walk around or hang out or do whatever so yeah, yeah. it is I love fun that. I think yeah that... and your family <laughs> extended family situation has changed a little bit it has it has um one thing I love that I hear from you and that I also um am grateful for is that it when your family you have a unique bond right like mm-hmm. you are connected and um both because of just relational right but also you make a uh, a mental and a uh, a choice right like um an intentional choice to stay connected mm-hmm. that doesn't mean unfortunately like we like you said that you see each other as frequently as you would like. Right. But that the love is there and the bond is there and that the relationship can be picked up when you do get together again. You know, there's just that, that connectedness when it comes to family. And and I feel that as well. I, yes, we've moved away 10 hours, 10, 12 ish hours from our family. And that was a little nerve wracking for me at first. Um, I'm sure my parents and my in-laws still aren't thrilled about it, but (laughs) that's just because they love us and Mm -hmm. they loved spending time with us. And we were able to see them on the regular, like weekly for both, um, my parents and Darren's parents. And then, um, we, our brothers and sister for Darren, um, we weren't able to see as regular, but again, like I said, just that bond was still there for the most part. Um, what I was going to bring up is that it's unfortunate that sometimes family drama happens and, um, or family priorities are different. And what I think that Darren and I want to value and want to instill is that there is commonality among us that can be preserved as a family, whether or not that means that you do spend as much time together as um, maybe you once thought you would. Um, I know that seems very vague, but just that we, (laughs) it's important 
to know that they are family and that you love and respect them. But at times, um, they just, this doesn't play out maybe like the friends category would. And, um, I not to, to already switch to the friends, but one thing about friends is someone once told me it's the family that you choose. Mm-hmm. And while that, I like the ring of that <laughs> and you do choose your friends, which is important to choose wisely. And I have some verses that I'd love to share on that. Um, they are somebody that can at times come and go where family does remain uh, because of that bond. And I think it, is a good opportunity, just like we are given our church community and we are given the opportunity to learn to work with different personalities and uniquenesses and um, convictions within a church body, which we also call our family, our church family, right? And Mm -hmm. so we get that opportunity to do that with our extended family as well. And when we learn and model as parents and then teach our kids, you know, how to respectfully get along with everyone within your family, whether or not that means that they are holding the same convictions, whether that means that they have the same outlook on life as you do, there can be commonality and mutual respect and love between those people because they are image bearers of God and they have been uniquely put in your life as a family member to have you practice this. Um, but I'm not giving a, um, prescriptive, (laughs) uh, encouragement to everyone more of a descriptive for what we're feeling in our lives. Um, please take note you, everyone's situations are different. And if you have some you know, dangerous situations or weighing situations that you and your husband are trying to work through, obviously give that precedent to what I said, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there is, there's always going to be difficult family members. Like it's just the way it is. And it's the same, like you said, in a, we call it a church body, but it's going to be the same in the church body. There's always going to be a difficult member in a church body. I remember I went to a church one time and the pastor, you know, there was like small groups or home groups or community groups, whatever your church wants to call them. And the pastor said once, if you feel totally comfortable around every single person there, you're not in the right group. Like basically, (laughs) you know, like there's just always going to be someone that maybe rubs you the wrong way or you don't see eye to eye with on everything or, and that's going to be in a church body. And of course it's going to be probably even more prevalent in your family. I don't think I know any single person that has a family that they could say, yeah, there's not one person, you know, like (laughs) I agree. I see eye to eye with every single person. I have everything in common, you know, like all of that sort of thing. And like those, just like any other difficult situation in life, like God gave you those family members to sanctify you and for a purpose. And so, and they're still, like you said, they're still your family. And unless, and like, I mean, you said it so well, like we don't know everybody's situation. We can't speak into every single situation. There are certain people I know who have to purposefully distance themselves from family members for the, like, you know, even for the, I don't know, I would hate to say something like emotional safety, because that sounds like we can just choose anybody that, that you know, kind of rubs us the wrong way. We can choose to be away from them, but different reasons people have distanced themselves from family members. But aside from, aside from those unique situations, like your family is your family and it is important to show your children, even if we don't totally agree with them, we still love them. We still, 
you know, are hospitable. We invite them into our homes. Yeah. You know, we spend time with these people. Hopefully we can be a light in their lives if they are not believers. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, God, God gave us, gave us our families first. And so, um, whatever that might look like, yeah, they, it does need to be a priority on, on some level to be, ministering to your family. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, and I love that you brought up like caring for the needs of your family. Um, I think that again is a unique gift that we get to give our family members is to care for them. Mm -hmm. And I, I sometimes think of like those in, in old, um, getting up in an age, right. Mm-hmm. And how that is a time that is needed for family to rally around them and to care for them in different ways. Maybe it not, maybe it's not physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's, um, you know, spiritual just because uh, when you can be lonely or when you're not able to go and do the things that you used to be able to do, it's kind of a change. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for us to look in on them and care for their needs as it is for those that are in our current life situation, you know, caring for the needs of our family members, um, as we care for the needs of our church family members. Uh, I want to echo you, Ashley, about our immediate family. I think we did a really good job talking about extended family, how that can look or, or some of the struggles that you may face when this is in your family. Um, I want to echo, echo you about our primary family unit, you know, the one that lives in your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I agree wholeheartedly that that is your focus, right? And like that family specifically, your, your intimate, your, um, your kids, your husband, those that are in, within your household come over, come before priority before extended family come priority before friends. And as we'll get into ministry, I also believe that family should be your first ministry. And I know you agree, Ashley. And so we'll talk more about that in a few minutes here, but that specific unit is such a beautiful jurisdiction that God has given you. And the world can be tempted to say, I need time away. Or this, you know, I need a break from, and those verbiage, those, the the verbiage of I need a way or I need a break, I think has been detrimental to our mental outlook on our family unit. You don't need a break from your family. You, You know, if you are tired, if you are exhausted, if you need some mental clarity, that's not because you need a break from them. Maybe you need some other structure within your family. I hopefully I didn't say that harshly. Ashley, what do you think about that? No, I'm 100% in agreement. And, um, and I think, well, and I told you when we were chatting a little bit before we started recording, just that I feel like I didn't pre think through a lot of these things, but as I did (laughs) think through some of them this morning, it was like every thought I'm like, well, that's going to be unpopular. That's going to be unpopular. No one's going to like to hear that because um, I, you know, our culture is like, I just need to get a break. I need to get away. Kind of like what you were talking about. I need to, I need to have a girl's night out. And I think that that's when we think of social, that is our culture's like social means you get away from the responsibilities of your family and you go, you know, you go out to coffee with all your friends or you go out to dinner with all your friends or you go, I don't know, you know, out to get a glass of wine with all your friends, you know, whatever our culture may think of. And okay, 
while none of those things is inherently wrong, hear me saying that, <laughs> like, I'm not saying that that is wrong. Um, but, but if, if your mindset is, I just need a break from my kids and my husband to go out and do this thing, most likely what you're going to do is go then sit around and complain about your kids and your husband. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so like, it's, yeah. it's not going to be a time of edification. It's not going to be a time right. of like good, sweet fellowship. It's going to be a time of like, oh, I'm so glad I got here because I just need to wind down and tell you all how awful my my life at home is sort of a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, so much of that, like we say all the time, it's a heart issue or it's an issue of, um, yeah, it's an issue yeah. of our mindset and our attitude. Yeah. Cause what I, when we get into the friends category, you're definitely going to hear from me. And I know you'll hear from Ashley that friends play a crucial role in our lives and our spiritual growth in helping us to mature and become the women that God has designed us to be. But when you look at getting out or leaving your family as a way uh, to escape, it's escapism, right? You mm-hmm. are disengaging with your family. And unfortunately, I think that the world has kind of used this word called self-care or self-love to be that, to be an escape from your current reality. Instead of going to be edified, going to be encouraged, going to be fulfilled so that you can come back and pour out more, right? Like exactly. Yeah. And so I, I really, you said that so beautifully, Ashley. And and I hope that people hear us that we are going to move into the friends next. And we're going to talk about how important that element is in our lives, but that it is not meant to take us away from our main ministry of family, right? It is there to help build us up so that we can do the jurisdiction, do the job, do the role as well as we can through God's grace. Right. Right. And And, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say like, if, if you feel like something is so miserable at home that you must escape it, well, most likely what you actually need to do is lean into solving that problem. So like if your kids are so out of control that you're like, oh, I just got to get away with the girls for a while. Well, no, what you need to do is focus your time at home and get some discipline and some structure to your day so that it's not feeling out of control. Or, you know, like if there's messes happening everywhere, well, you need to tackle that. So I just think that women, if women want to complain about how terrible things are, are at home, well, first of all, check your own heart and, and look at your systems for your household. Look how you're running your household. Look how you're raising your children. Most likely something is going on there that needs to be fixed before you can yeah. leave the home. And, and, yeah. and hear us, hear Ashley and us when we say that there are seasons that people call in the trenches, right? Like there are harder mm-hmm. seasons than others. And we have compassion to that. We are probably living in one of those seasons right now. I know I am. I have like all the seasons from one to mm-hmm. 10 right now. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. From zero. Oh, zero. Yes. From oh, so in sweet. the womb. To, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But I just to say that, like, don't feel like 
because you're in a hard situation that there isn't resources or there isn't ideas or is that there isn't ways to support you. The ultimate and best way, and you'll hear us say this all the time is to turn to God, to turn to his word, to be spiritually fulfilled because it is the joy of the Lord that will get you through any trench, any, you know, season that is hard. But as we move into friends now, I think you'll see that these supportive people that you have chosen, like we said, friends are the family you choose, right? That you purposely, intentionally choose to walk alongside you are there to offer encouragement, to offer ideas, to offer support or companionship or friendship when you need them. I, when I was talking to Darren about social needs, we both have the same thing um, that we feel like is really important. Him speaking to me, he says he feels it's very important for wives to have relationships and spend time with other godly women. That doesn't, um, when he says that, and I echo that back in the mail, like I feel like he should have good men speaking, godly men speaking into his life. He says that knowing that I need to take each friend and I need to put her through the looking glass um, of some wisdom found in the Bible. And we'll talk about ministry later where we talk about evangelism and hospitality and serving and the church as a whole. But these are your wise counsel people, I would consider. These friends are people that you are listening to their words. You are diligently praying about their exhortations and that you are spending your time with them so that you will be fulfilled to be able to do your calling. And I am a little passionate about this because I went through a really big transition in my life when I was younger, newly married. I still had a lot of like high school friends, you know, like the people that you just bonded with over like sports or commonalities in that way. And Mm -hmm. I would spend time with them, but they um, had just a different trajectory on life than I did. They had a different, they have different convictions. They have different hobbies and interests um, that didn't involve God. And um, so, I mean, just to be clear, I want to make sure I'm not saying this wrong. It that They're not just different than me in that, like, maybe they like to play soccer and I like to play basketball. It's not like that. It's like they would prefer to go to the club and I would prefer to bake a meal for my family, you know, type of mm-hmm. thing. And um, I had to go through a season where it was really hard. It was kind of like breaking some ties so that I could reunite with some other ties. And one of the verses of the Proverbs that I want to talk about. And Ashley, ev- please let me know um, too with these verses because I know you have um, strong convictions as well. But Proverbs um, eighteen twenty four kind of stuck out to me. There's a lot of them that stick, stick out to me. But, um, but it, it talks about a man of many companions com- may come um, to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it kind of reminds me of you can, there's a lot of voices in this world. We are one, we're giving you voice, <laughs> we're giving you thoughts and ideas. There's a lot of friends. There's a lot of people that can weigh for your attention, but the importance of finding your crew, right? Like finding your brother's well, in this case, sisters, right? Finding your sisters, kind of like a David and a Jonathan, 
right? Like mm-hmm. those people that will walk with you in this life that will call you on the carpet, but that will come over and help you pick up the broken glass, right? Like they are the ones on their hands and knees washing your feet. And they're the ones that is, you know, cleaning up after your kid throws up on the carpet in front of them and you're terribly embarrassed. <laughs> um, and they're, you know, Proverbs is full of recommendations for how to find these friends, making sure though, that you have selected a close counsel around you. Does that mean you can't be friends with, you know, everyone in church? No, 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 no. But you cannot possibly be engaged in a high level with everyone that you come in contact with. I think it's something to be said that Jesus had 12 disciples, you know, I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. that also correlates to the nations of Israel and, you know, God is so good that he can inter, um, interweb all the things, but he chose a small council to really, you know, dive deep into. And, you know, Proverbs also talks about in 14, seven, stay away from a fool for Mm -hmm. you will not find knowledge on their lips. You have to take into account the fruit lives. And if that's the fruit that you want in your life, you know, it also says 1320, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the, the companion of fools will suffer harm. And then lastly, I'll read this one. And then I want to hear your thoughts, Ash. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So true. So, yeah, I I think, well, I'm probably, sounds like you were thinking more of talking about like evangelism type stuff in ministry. But um, I, so not, well, I don't have the exact... The exact same story that you do, but I, so I was, I was saved through the ministry of young life in high school. And there are so many wonderful things about that ministry, including the fact that it's, so it's, you know, it's adult leaders and they're really, they're coming to the kids. I mean, they're really setting up these ministries and these camps and everything is like catered to these high school kids. And so I kind of grew up in this idea that like, you go out and you find people and you kind of, you become friends with them. And that's kind of how you win them over to know Jesus is like, you spend time with them and you just become really good friends. And, and so that's, so going into college, that is kind of how I thought ministry works. Like you need to be really good friends and spending all this time with all these unbelievers. Well, we all know what happens when there's a Christian spending a lot of time with unbelievers and trying to just, you know, kind of, kind of stay with them in their lifestyle, but also like, anyway, it's really confusing. Let me just put it that way. Like, (laughs) it's very confusing when you're like, I'm going to try to sort of live this life with them, but also I'm going to try to show them who Jesus is. And so um, you, you end up getting, your lines are very blurred between what biblical Christianity looks like and what sort of a worldly Christianity of just like sort of loving people looks like. And the problem is too, well then if, if they are not interested then in becoming a Christian, okay, so now you have this non-Christian friend that you've invested and spent all this time with. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to have a non-Christian friend, but like if they're not, if they know 
that they're not interested in becoming a Christian. And then, and now you have, anyway, it just can be, again, sort of confusing, sort of awkward, right? Like you, mm-hmm. so you really have to be careful who you're investing your time with, who you're investing and putting energy into and time into and you and what are you you know like are you going are you following them around to their parties like that's probably not a great witness to them and it's really not good for you and your walk either and I'm not saying you know like I think we're speaking to mothers here but I think right you know again you just have to be careful like are they inviting you to their wine night where everybody is gonna drink too much and talk badly about their husbands like that's not an edifying time so you you have to be careful of how you spend your time. It's okay yeah. to say no, even if you're like, oh, but this person, I invited them to church a couple times and maybe they'll come to church. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to go, you have to go do the things that they're doing. And I think Proverbs, you had some great verses and Proverbs speaks over and over to these things. Yeah. Like don't, don't follow the fools and don't follow, don't follow the unbelievers into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Bring them into what you're doing. And if they're not interested in that, then that then there's really no reason for a friendship there. So I mean you'll anyway, be there, and, you're there to answer questions. Right. But maybe they're not just going to be someone that you're going to, you know, seek out weekly to spend your time with. Your limited time, right? right? Like they're not going to be the yeah. ones that or if you're feeling that you need encouragement, those aren't necessarily going to be the ones that you go to, right? Like Right. And yeah, yeah. and I think that, that can sound really I know. <laughs> harsh and unloving to a culture. You know what I mean? A culture yes. that's like, we just gotta love everybody and be friends with everybody and everybody's gonna and it's like, well, you, like you said, you only have so much time, you only have so much energy, you can't you can't be investing all of your time and energy into someone that is not interested in Jesus and does not live the way you do. So mm-hmm. anyhow. And, and I think that you know, I love that you brought that up, Ashley, because even, even if they do love Jesus, even if they're a proclaimed believer, praise the Lord, that there are times that you're going to have to figure out what is best though for your family, the influences that come in for your family. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're not united in Christ and brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. But that does mean that there might be like, I have friends that I feel more comfortable with like me going and um, encouraging them versus them coming and being a part of our life or our, Mm -hmm. you know, family unit and that's okay like Mm -hmm. but I think that you have to take inventory of your friends like you have to take inventory of who are those close friends when they say they see something in your life and they tell you that you know that they have your best interests in mind and that they are thinking um, through a biblical lens when they bring this up. And you can take that to heart into prayer and to your husband. Or when there's others that say, well, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, but maybe their life isn't reflecting what you want your life to look like, then maybe you just take those with a grain of salt or you take that um, as not as a heart probe, but just something to ponder for a moment and then, you know, let go. Um, I think that friends like, uh, are built through hospitality and what I, um, uh, not to already transition to ministry, but I'm going to blame you cause you already did. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's all my fault. Again, good, good. But ministry, um, when you think about discipleship or evangelism, like you said, actually gets played out through hospitality, right? Like the Christian life is created and strengthened in a life of community beyond just the Sunday morning. And so as you are strengthening your family unit, as you're strengthening your faith, as you're strengthening the, 
the body of Christ. Ultimately, you're doing that through bringing friends into your life, into your home and vice versa. And I think that, you know, the same can be said, like you had the example of evangelism, like you are building that relationship with someone that you want to share Christ with. And you, if you share and they decide that that is not for them, that doesn't mean that you kick them to the curb, but that means that maybe that friendship just looks different, right? From there Mm -hmm. on out in the ways of, of the integration into your family. But, um, I, I want to caution that what we're saying is being said within like, you know, a 10 minute span and to make sure that, you know, that our hearts are first for people to know and to love Jesus. And that includes our family, includes our friends and includes people we don't know. That is our hearts. That is the great commission. And that is what we love. Um, and we're trying to explain it as quickly as we can within a, you know, this short amount of time span. And so if you have further questions or we didn't say something that didn't like quite make sense to you, please reach out to us through our Instagram, um, joyful homemaking podcast. And we'd love to answer more questions because we don't want this to come across as a cult because I've seen that played out, you know, or an MLM. I say that jokingly, but seriously, right? Like, (laughs) I'm going to be friends with you. I'm going to present my product. If you don't want my product, I'm never going to talk to you again. It's not like that. I just want to be be, uh, so clear that what we're trying to communicate is that you're still friends. You still love them. You still pray for them. You still will find yourself in common community. But the people that you are taking close counsel with, right, the people that are, like, directly speaking into your life are the people that you have a small, probably, most likely, group close-knit. You know what I mean? Am I saying that right, Ashley? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, okay, so – but it works both ways. So I think of a friendship I had. I had a really long friendship with a gal who will never listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. But she <laughs> um, she and I were good friends, grew up together. I, When I became a Christian, I presented the gospel to her so many times. Not She was not interested. She was not interested. She was not interested. And then she would try to take me at all of her parties she wanted to go to in high school. And then, you know, we kind of started growing apart a little bit. And and it's like, well, I'm not interested in your parties. And she's like, well, I'm not interested in your church groups. And then she'd be like, do you want to go to this terrible movie with me? And I'd be like, I'm not interested in that. But do you want to come along with me to go see, you know? And so the thing is, it works both ways, right? It's like, well, she might not be interested in doing the things I'm doing, but I'm not interested in doing the things that she, you know? And so it doesn't, I think that, I think people can be like, well, this is what's wrong with Christianity today is that if <laughs> so, if someone doesn't convert to Christianity, then the Christians all hate them and never speak to them again. And it's like, no, of course not. But like, just as much as she didn't want to come to church with me, I don't want to go see a dirty movie with her. And so, you know, like our lives and then our lives just continued to grow completely differently. Like I went on to have kids and be a mom and that is looks totally different than if you don't have kids and you go on to be a career person and you know like it's just gonna look your lives just look so different that a relationship is just gonna be really difficult so yeah yeah anyhow so I don't I don't know yeah but like you said if somebody needs clarification or if somebody I feel like people love to be like well I have this one case this one in particular case (laughs) that proves everything you said and makes you monsters and you're like okay so anyway but if people do have clarifying questions or whatever like absolutely we could you know touch on this more and obviously um 
ministry evangelism Christian friendship is a huge topic and so we could spend a long time on it like you said we're trying to do this quickly and trying to we're trying to kind of I don't know spark hopefully hopefully we're putting yeah it's like condensed wisdom maybe hopefully giving yeah yeah, just the kind of the bullet points of what yeah what we see the bible saying about these things so and you know when you talked about your friend not moving on to having kids not moving on to having a family that is a huge thing and i think that people forget that when you do have a family your family is what is uh, attending church. Your family is what's serving. Your family mm-hmm. is what's doing evangelism together. And it is important to remember all the, all the people of your family are being affected by this, you know, uh, whatever outplaying of your faith. And so mm-hmm. you have to take in, you have to, you have to have wise counsel for like, is this the time when my children should be exposed to having to say no to these things? Or am I going to just take that individually and do that on a different evangelical, evangelical moment? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think about church as part of ministry, which is funny. People might not correlate that together, but when you attend church as a family, it is not a second choice. It is your priority. It's what you do on a Sunday. It's a habit building thing, but it is also edifying to the people that you see at church. We mm-hmm. just had someone the other day pull us aside. Our kids, they come, they sit in service with us and you know me, we sit in the front row. So it's like obvious, you know, we take up the whole row and it's <laughs> all Love eight it. of us. And um, they were like, wow, it was such a blessing to me to see your family together at church. And, and we, we told the kids that and we're like, see, like everything that we do when we are in the body of Christ is being an outpouring of service, a ministry to others. And so mm-hmm. in the same way, when we evangelize and we have people over to our house and we have dinner with them and they see our family unit and we, they see the love of Jesus and they see how we relate together. That is us ministering to those people, whether they're believers or not. But then, um, you, as you express, non-believers will have different opinions, right? They'll have different thoughts about how life should be. And we need to be prepared and what setting is appropriate for our kids to hear those different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say education is not neutral. Like obviously they're being, you know, trained and equipped and, um, discipled in the way of a biblical worldview, but equally those that are coming into my house that don't have those worldviews are going to have opinions and share thoughts. And I want to be able to train and teach and equip my kids without having their, um, influence. Like if it's like a repeated, every day, weekly influence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think I said that we should keep for how many times I said, do you know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> if you could pay me a dollar every time I said that, I think I'll be able to pay for my kids college, but we're not going to college. So what I don't even know. What I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, there's another podcast. Um, yeah. I, I know. Well, and every time you say it, I find myself going, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm, I'm like, yes, I know what you mean. Anyway. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Well, Ashley, can I say one more thing before we move into what's cooking? Is that all right? 
I just sure. want to, uh, unless you have something else too, sorry, but I don't mean to cut you oh, off. Oh, well, I, no, 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 you say your thing and then I'll say one more thing and then perfect. we can. And then I'll say one more thing and then you'll say one more thing. <laughs> and, then, and then like 20 minutes later, we'll find yes. like, what's good. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I love us so much. Um, I was going to say both in like the friends, family and ministry category of social, like we're talking about social, we're talking about our calendars, we're talking about the way that we live out our lives right now. Right. Um, I want to just bring, um, kind of a moment to talk about different personalities. I find myself to be an extrovert and I get really, um, encouraged. I get built up. I get, um, energized through being Mm -hmm. around people. Mm -hmm. My husband, I would not say that is the same thing. He loves to be around certain people and he feels, you know, encouraged. But if our calendar reflects a social event every night or every day, that can feel wearing on him. He, and um, so I just want to just give like a caution, like just like, hey, just consider this, that some of us are more relational driven and just to pay attention to the differences don't let like personality drive the family either way, right? Don't let extrovert drive the family. Don't let introvert drive the family, but rather just hear from one another and consider the needs of one another. So as you're talking with your spouse about, Hey, what does our social life look like? How does that look at like with our friends, with our family? How does that play out in our church body when it comes to like ministry and here, honest, feedback from your spouse, but also don't be afraid to, um, communicate your needs as well, or your desires and find a middle ground that is fitting for both. Since Darren knows I'm more extrovert and really, you know, get encouraged and filled up with friends. He understands how important like a a women's Bible study can be for me in certain seasons, like when, when I have young children and, um, he will make time within the schedule for me to be able to go and encourage others and for them to encourage me. Sometimes I get crazy ideas and Ashley's been a part of these. Thank you, Ashley, that I just feel like I need to put on like a homeschool conference and I need to invite mm-hmm. like, you know, like 50 to a hundred people to mm-hmm. my home and just try to encourage them in the homeschool realm. And that is not Darren's style, but he will do it happily because he, I have communicated and he's communicated. When we moved here, I told the story already on this podcast. He's like, Marissa, can we just not plan anything in the evening for the first couple months, just so we can like really hone in as a family, really connect and bond in this new space. And I said, yes. So, I mean, all that to say we have different tendencies and we can help each other in those. And that does relate, I believe to our social calendar and the need for communication in that way. Okay, Ash, I said my thing. (laughs) Yes. No, I agree. It's so important. Yeah. Check in with your spouse. And even if you, and this is not saying you, because I know that this is not what your life looks like, but if you are the social butterfly and your husband doesn't appreciate that. And so you're like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll just go get coffee every Saturday morning with my friends. Well, now you're out of the house away from your kids and husband every Saturday morning. So um, just, you know, keep your priorities in check, pray about it and make sure that, yeah, you and your husband are communicating about um, what is important to both of you. So I think that's really good. And then I also think too, um, just remember that I'm saying this to our audience, not to you specifically. Oh, say it to me, girl. Say it to me. <laughs> because I know that you know this because oh, you okay. just shouted about this. But um, just remember that like as, as Christians in friendship, what 
so much of our friendship will look like is ministry and service side by side. And that is actually how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like if you look at the early church, they were ministering, they were working together to further God's kingdom side by side. And that is actually, I think, where I feel the closest and really where I have friendships right now is when we are doing things together, we're working together to minister to the church, to plan things for the church, um, to bless people within the, you know, within the church to do different events that may, you know, might be outreach or might just be for the people within the church. And, um, and that really, I don't know, I, I've kind of been in the circles where like the Christian fellowship looked like, let's get together, you know, all the women get together and have coffee for hours on end. And to be honest, like, I would just get so bored and I'd be like, I just want to go back to my family. But, but there's something about working together yeah. that is so sweet and God honoring. And I, and that doesn't have to be a hundred percent of your social life. Yeah. Go out to dinner, have fun, have people over. I mean, absolutely do hospitality. That is huge, but also working and serving together is really important. Amen. Yes. So, yeah. That's so good. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah. Awesome. Well, are are you do you have any more nuggets you want to share with us before the what's cooking? I think I'll I'll wrap up my nuggets. (laughs) I (laughs) know we have so many. We were joking earlier um before we started recording. We were like, wow, we could just talk forever. (laughs) Oh forever. There's just so much good stuff that can be said and encouraged and um I just want to echo what I said earlier. This is a short slash long podcast, but it is not um, all encompassing, you know, on any one subject. So if you have more questions, if you feel like there's something missing, please ask us or please go to your husband and talk to him about what he thinks. And that's not in a, you know, degrading women way that is in a thank you Lord for giving us spouses and specifically our leader husbands who can help cultivate this conversation with us. They're the best ones to do it. So, um, Ashley, I have been waiting for this last hour to know about how your banquet went. I've got to know and make it part of your what's cooking because I got to know. It was so fun. It was, Yay! I am, I am real tired this morning. Um, <laughs> it was, which is funny. I didn't even do any of the dancing because there was like formal English style country dancing. Um, Love it. Which was so much fun. The kids had so much fun doing that. Um, but I, you know, I was probably back in the kitchen area, like 95% of the time, which was awesome and so again so much fun just serving side by side with all of these people that just came and rolled up their sleeves and were like what can we do to help and then I'd be like okay this is what I'm thinking and they're like you know what would probably be more efficient and I'm like yes I'm so glad you guys are all here (laughs) so it was just and people kept saying oh thanks for putting this on I'm like I kind of just feel like I showed up with a lot of food and everybody else kind of helped put it on you know like it just was everybody working together it was so fun it turned out so beautifully I will tell you my one story from yesterday. Yes, tell me. So there was a science fair in the morning. A co-op, a local CC co-op had a science fair in the morning and it ended at one. So we're like, okay, we're going to be there at one to set up the tables, to get everything ready, to set the tables. Cause it was like very formal table setting yeah, with like three yeah. forks and the whole thing. Anyway, 
salad plate, dinner plate, et cetera, punch bowl or punch cup, water cup, you know, like multiple glasses, multiple whatever. So it was just kind of a lot to set up. And so, um, so I was like, okay, I'll be there at one. Well, I made, I was making roast and polenta and I wanted to finish up some polenta so I could stick it in the oven at the church. And I'm like finishing it up and I'm rushing around and I had cut all these greens from around our property the night before, stuck them in a box and stuck them in my car. So I'm like running around <laughs> doing all this stuff. And I go to open the back of my van to put, no, I didn't open the back. I was, well, I was going to put all the food in my van, but I ran to the front seat to throw some stuff in the front seat and I open it and I <laughs> am surprised by both an animal and a scent. Oh <laughs> and no. Trooper, our cat who you have his Love. brother trap trapper, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So trooper and trapper. Little, yeah. Okay. So trooper spent the night in my car. Oh no. Evidently just peeing everywhere. <gasps> all over no I can't tell you how thankful I am that I didn't put any food Food. like any of like the salad salad toppings or like any of the stuff that would have been shelf stable like thrown that in the back because I would have just had to throw it out so my box of greens (laughs) was I brought it to the church and Courtney smelled it and she's like I think it's okay and Katie smells it and she goes nope cat pee oh no (laughs) I just had to throw it in the dumpster and um we luckily they have a bunch of like fake eucalyptus sort of wreaths and we oh, use okay. those and it, it looked really pretty but it was just so funny so I have to spend the rest of my day elbow deep in nature's miracle trying to scrub out <laughs> the cat from my car. Oh, <laughs> anyway it was just it was just one of those funny things that you're like are you kidding me and it, like I open the door and he just like is sitting there staring at me and I'm like what anyhow <laughs> but um but everything worked out really well I served polenta which I thought was like a thing that people eat I love but polenta. everyone well okay all the kids were like Mrs. Lockhart doesn't know how to make mashed potatoes they all thought they no. were mashed potatoes and that I had totally messed them up <laughs> that is hilarious so anyway that was pretty funny so but I think the food all turned out so anyhow, good yeah how about you what uh, has been cooking Well, that was so exciting to hear about that. I've been anxiously waiting to know how it went. That's so, so, so fun. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. We've actually been, uh, so I kind of told you, I think I told you guys last week, but you know, Darren's original job didn't, uh, his contract job didn't have enough hours. And so he went to find a job at the hospital. I was a little nervous about that crazy hours. Well, his old job called him back and was like, we need you back earlier than we thought. And so praise the Lord. Yay. I know my amazing man, husband of integrity feels like he needs to, um, follow through on the commitment that he made to the hospital and now his new job. So we be busy. We be (laughs) Oh my gosh, Marissa. Right. I was like, Lord, I was just praying the other night, like before he got the call, like, cause they've been cutting like the hours of the hospital has also been cutting back and saying, Hey, just come in a few hours late, or we're going to send you home a few hours early. So he wasn't even making his 40 hours there. And so I was just like, Lord, would you just please um, help us with our family and our finances? And then like two days later, we got a call and now he's working like 80 hours a week. So I'm like, Lord, I need to be more clear next time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, praise the Lord though. He's good. And um, his original, 
original job is an online job. So he's able to um, work at home and work in between the hours that he's at the hospital. But it's been quite an adjustment. And so we have, I think, a week and a half or two weeks left of this and then um, just the online job. So that'd be lovely. But I was going to. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I was going to share about my. so I'm pregnant with my seventh baby, but I actually feel like I have another baby growing in my house right now. And that is sourdough. Oh, <gasps> sourdough can feel like another child and mm-hmm. it needs to be cared for and watched after and disciplined when it doesn't rise in time and it needs to have a <laughs> schedule of its own. And I just have this love hate relationship with this sourdough child. Um, my schedule and like homeschooling and the things that I feel like I'm capable of doing, I've decided that, you know, I shared, I make 12 loaves on one day and we eat on it all week and it works in that way. But the sourdough, you know, to stay active, I do put it in the fridge, but it's not long enough, you know, like a week's time is not really long enough to take it out of the fridge and reactivate it enough time for it to really be bubbly and working good for when I want to make the 12 loaves the next time. So I've been trying to find other like discard recipes, which is, that is like the worst word discard. Like, yeah, that's true. They need to it come does up sound... with a better word. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I mean, discard pancakes. Like who yes. wants those? Yeah. Exactly. So I think we've had, you know, we do like pancakes like twice a week. We do like an overnight one and then we do like a morning of one. And I don't know. I, I love the cracker idea. It uses a lot of discard, but it mm-hmm. just so it's expensive. They're real expensive crackers when you think about how much butter and cheese go into those yeah, crackers. That's true. Um, yeah. so I don't know. You'll have to send me some of your favorite discard recipes. Um, obviously we've done like them in baking, but I cannot have baked goods in my house seven days a week. Uh, I know. Well, and like taking the time to make baking yes. goods constantly, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. No, I need a quick That's what I put my one. kids on. Yes. I'm like, me okay, too. kids, you want muffins? Make Go em. make them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that's one of the many things that I've been cooking. The last thing that has been cooking, I've been cooking in my brain I've been thinking about um we were able to have a family over for dinner last night and then a family over tonight which I'm so excited we're still getting to know people at the church and you know with Darren's crazy schedule the weekends are what we have and so we pack them full I don't know that's probably not wise especially after what we talked about today but you know what you live and you learn um but here's my question so everyone who we invite over always say, Oh, what can we bring? And every time I want to be like, Oh, we got a cover. Don't worry. But I know it's very meaningful to people to be able to contribute or to bring or to participate. And this like internal struggle, like, okay, what do I have them bring? And so for a while I was having them bring dessert, but then my daughter was like, I want to make dessert. And that was really meaningful for her. And so what do you have people bring, Ashley? <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, so I'm like you. I don't, especially if it's the first time yeah. I'm having somebody over, which we still, because there's still, there's so many wonderful people in our church. And we're still inviting people over for the first time in just a couple of weeks. We're having another couple that we've never had over before coming over. For Love the first it. Time. So, um, yeah. So the first time I'm always, I'm the same way. I'm just hesitant to have them bring anything. Um, especially if I know they have a really, you know, busy schedule. Um, but then the more you get to know, like anymore, there's a couple families that if we have them over, like the mom and I are just planning the meal together. Like, what do you have? What do I have? Like, what can we kind of put together and then we'll make a dinner out of it. And then, um, but I think, well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say salad though, because you guys have, 
you guys make such amazing oh. salads that I'm like, but I'd want it, if I were you, I'd want to make the salad because I love no salad ever lives up to your salads. <laughs> You're so sweet. But I feel like, like, yeah, or a, I don't know, side dishes are always yeah. helpful. But I, yeah, it's so much of it depends on what you're making. Sometimes right. I never, I never serve fruit with meals, but sometimes people oh. will be like, oh, I can bring, like, I've had people bring fruit before and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. That's a good and idea. So people will bring like a fruit salad or they'll just have. I don't know. I've had people bring like they just chop some fruit up and bring it or like a bowl of grapes or something. Um, hmm. I don't know. At that, It's hard too because you don't want to ask somebody to bring something that like is maybe a specialty item. They didn't have the ingredients. Right. On right. Yeah. So I yeah, I totally get that because yeah, well, dessert is another one that's easy to ask them to bring. Yeah. But then I know I. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Not I know once I. Them. She does. She wants to make it. In- You made it so long without hitting I your know. ear on it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It literally was just my ear. Like my ear touched the phone and I hung up on you. I'm it's like a so record sorry. though. Oh, I know. Don't even worry. But I just wanted to just thank our listeners so much for tuning in and talking about this social you know, encouragement in our families. And next week is our last week. Ashley, can you believe that? Not our last week of our podcast, but of this uh yeah, but of the week. series, I know. Yes. And we're going to be talking about fun and events. And I was describing to Ashley, it's kind of like the sprinkles on top of everything. But it is really important to talk about, to vision plan, because if you don't, then it doesn't happen. Like vacations, either day trips, long trips, special mm-hmm. events, holidays. I feel like holidays to me, I want to be really meaningful and specific. And so that needs to be planned and talked about birthdays. How do you do birthdays? If you're going to need like clubs or arts and crafts. So it's going to be a fun conversation. I can't wait to hear how your guys' family does that. I know you do a lot of things and hopefully it'll be really encouraging to our listeners. I do love having fun. And if anybody (laughs) has any ideas for Marissa about side dishes that she can ask people to bring and good job being hospitable as you always are. I hope (laughs) you guys have fun tonight. I'm sure dinner will be delicious no matter what you're making. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we'll um, see you guys next week. Yes. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Bye.